Welcome everybody to episode 62 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. There are some exciting interviews to come which will cover people from different decades and clubs. I apologise for the lack of content in recent times. However, synchronising my timetable with potential interviewees' timetables in the past few months has been hard, but please be patient. And remember, I sincerely appreciate the people who support this podcast. Peter Glass is our interviewee in episode 62. Born in 1941, Peter grew up in the northern suburbs of the Illawarra and started playing soccer with Winoona Primary School. After Winoona Primary, he then played for Bulleye Junior Soccer Club, Illawarra Junior Representative Teams, Coromel High School, Bulleye Senior Soccer Club as a 15-year-old in the IDSA League, Winoona Bulleye in the Association State League, Winoona in the IDSA League, South Coast United in the Federation, and Coromel Rangers. Peter played and watched football in the Illawarra during the 1950s and 1960s, an important time for the game. He talks about great players from the era, such as Charlie Stewart, Billy Williams, Keith Learmonth, along with discussing games he went to watch, such as the 1951 English Touring Team and the 1955 Rapid Vienna Tour. Peter talks about the New South Wales Football Association slash Federation split of the late 1950s, the early years of South Coast United, Jimmy Kelly and other football snippets. It was fantastic to hear Peter's recollections about parts of his footballing journey. My appreciation and respect go out to him for giving up a couple of hours to record this podcast. Please note, there are some audio issues due to recording on my mobile phone, and I sincerely apologise for these issues. Please enjoy episode 62. Welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. On the line I have a very, very special guest in Peter Glass. Peter, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Travis. You were born in 1941. Uh, Can you give the listener uh, a bit of background of your early childhood, where you grew up? Yeah, well, um, I was born in um, Nurse Cram's uh, maternity hospital in Winoona. Yep. Uh, in the, in those days, there was nurses had maternity hospitals in just about every town: Coromel, Winoona. There was a couple, I think, and Thoreau. Uh, none in Bulleye that I remember, but uh, uh, that that went on for a few years, um, and I. When I was born, I was living in Organs Road, um, Bulleye, yep. and um, when I was about five, I think uh, my grandfather or grandmother died, and um, and we moved down to Slacky Flat in uh, in my grandparents' house. So that that's where I more or less grew up, Slacky Flat, opposite Bulleye Showground. Um, in Bulleye, yeah, until I, uh, when I got married uh, and left. 
<laughs> and and in terms of uh, the the family itself, were they in the area for a period of time? Yeah, yeah, my um, my paternal great grandfather settled in Bulleye about in the eighteen seventies and established a store in Old Bulleye. Yeah, um, and um, when the um, when the railway came to the south coast, um, they in, they established the Bulleye Railway Station where it is now, so that a lot of the businesses that were in Old Bulleye moved up to uh, where the railway station was, and that included the they built a hotel there around about that 1880s. Um, and uh, that business continued on till well into the 70s. Yeah, 1970. <laughs> yeah, it, it may uh, may not be correct, but um, in in my uh, sort of basic uh, amateur research on on uh, soccer in the area in in the 18 late 1880s, even 1890s, uh, a person that had a business named Glass. Uh, had presented a, a cup for one or two years for for the local teams that competed against each other. Oh well, I, you're, I didn't know that, uh, Travis. <laughs> but it, but it, it possibly could be, uh, I guess, oh, a link be. because the business was like you just said uh, around. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been. Apologies for the interruption, but a few days after our interview, Peter had confirmed that in 1888. His great-grandfather, Jacob Glass, was indeed the local storekeeper in Bulleye who had displayed in his shop front window a silver cup that local British association teams competed for in 1888. And Jacob Glass was one of the vice presidents of the North Illawarra Rovers Football Club in 1888. Now back to the interview. And in terms of your first memories of, of soccer or football, uh, what do you recall that's the earliest memory that you have? Well, probably uh, playing with uh, Winona uh, Primary School. I went to Winona Primary School. Yep. The uh, Slacky Flat was the cut-off point for boys. I lived on the southern end of uh, Slacky Flat and that, that was... Uh, Northernmost cutoff point for Winuna Primary School. So, if you lived on uh, the northern end, up near the Methodist Church and Point Street, uh, you went to Boy School. So, and uh, we played soccer at uh, at Winuna School. That was uh, in those days. Uh, Winuna and uh, Bulleye were soccer towns. Uh, no rugby league. Uh, <laughs> there was rugby league in Coromel and there was rugby league in Cerule, uh, but not in Bulleye and Winona. <laughs> yeah. And did you take to the game early on, or was it more of a case of that your friends played at school, so you played, or you really liked the game? No, I liked the game uh, from my earliest memories here at school. Uh, I was in the school team, and... Um, I think from around about 12, when you 
that's in sixth class at school. Um, yep. I went looking down in Bulleye because Bulleye had a they had one junior soccer team that was, and I think the lowest in those days that the district soccer went to was about under fourteen. So. Yep. You um, you know, if you're 12, 13, 14, that's where you played. But uh, Bulleye was always scratching to to fill the team. When uh, uh, I played probably for two or three years in under 14, and uh, we were always scratching for a team um, <laughs> to make up the numbers and. Uh, we didn't have anybody to look after us either. <laughs> the uh, the senior players, uh, now and again a few had come, but I can remember uh, travelling to Coldale and and you'd have to, uh, we'd have to catch the bus by ourselves. We'd have a bag of shirts and stuff, but uh, quite often you'd get out to Coldale and... Uh, You'd have to ask a couple of their uh, members to make up the 11. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking there uh, probably around that sort of uh, 1952, 53 sort of uh, and, and 54 yeah. that you were sort of in that under 14s for two to three years. Do you recall yeah. what were the colour of Bulleye's uh, shirts back then? Blue and white. They were blue and white, as far as I remember. Um, they were squares. You okay. know, most of the soccer shirts in those days were squares. You know, they had the quarters, yeah. Uh, quarters, yeah. It'd be a quarter, yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, they did have an alternate strip, which, which was uh, the Australian colours, uh, green and gold. Oh wow! But uh, the main colour was blue and white. Yeah. And in those early years where you were playing with uh, uh, Winuna Primary, um, and, and just a, a quick one there, wh- what colour were Winuna Primary's shirts? Yeah, they were the same colour as the Winuna soccer team, uh, red and blue. Okay. And for yourself, uh, what do you remember of those uh, early years at Winuna Primary and, and then and Bulleye Junior Soccer Club? Um in terms of other boys that you played with and and the position you played? I can remember uh, not... Well, actually, I've got some old um, photos of those early times. There was uh, players, um, people like Ronnie Pierce and Johnny Weigel and um, in uh, Bulleye, at Bulleye, there was... a. Well, he used to, his nickname was China, China Thomas, right. and uh, um, Trevor Thomas, his name was. Um, and there was an English boy there that uh, my good called Felton Hill. He was a good player. For yourself, uh, what was the, I guess the the way teams lined up back then in junior junior soccer, and and where did you play? I was generally a defender. Yep. Yeah, I was generally a defender, and um, I just remembered, um, I think the last year I was in under-14, uh, Bulleye held the gala day, if you, 
you know, gala day was a big thing in those days. Yeah. Um, uh, they used to hold it at Wanuna in Ball's Paddock, and um, I think the last year they, that I was under 14, they uh, we had it at Slacky Flat. Uh, that was a big do. <laughs> And that one, uh, for people that are outside the area and, and probably happen um, throughout uh, soccer towns uh, around around Australia, was a, a knockout competition um, over the course of a weekend, was it? Yeah, uh, generally one day. Yep. Culminated with a big march pass. That was sort of a highlight of the... I don't think they played full games. Yeah. And, you know, you... You led led into the finals of uh, in the afternoon, and then you had a big march pass with all the flags. Every team had a flag, and it was um, it was a bit like a march past in uh, in the surf club. Yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely uh, had other people that I've interviewed where they uh, recollect uh, fond memories of of the gala days, and and that I guess went from. I think started in the 40s, uh, went through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and and to a certain extent into the 90s as well. Yeah, yeah, I can um, I can remember taking my boys to march pass in Balgowny, and uh, I think it was mainly Balgowny they held held them. Yeah, after a period of time, it it did. Uh, uh, I think mainly because of the the amount of fields that they had. Yeah, yeah. In the early days, what I'm talking about, one field was enough. <laughs> well, what what were some of the other uh, junior teams, and uh, if you can recall, what were what sort of colours did they play in? I think uh, there was junior teams in Thoreau and Coldale, uh, Winuna, Coromel, Balgowny. Not sure whether North Wollongong had a. I can't remember, recall, but Fern Hill did. Fern Hill was always pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, and I think at one time they went down to Warrawong. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think, yeah, I can remember going to Warrawong. That was another, nearly took you a day to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'd have to change buses at uh, at Wollongong and uh, you'd catch the Ostermere bus to, to Wollongong and then you'd have to get another probably Dines bust the Warrawong. That that was pre Westfield at Warrawong. There was uh, I can recall that the the fields, the soccer fields were always very sandy. It was uh very sandy soil and uh, you're playing in a lot of sand sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of uh Bulleye um your junior your under fourteen team, did they play at Slacky Flat? Yeah, yeah, always um, in the in the centre there in the Slacky Flat. Yep. There was a, a turf cricket pitch in the middle of uh, Slacky Flat then, and it was yep. very well looked after by some local people. And uh, Winuna used uh, it was called Winuna Cricket Team, but that, that's where they played. Oh, okay, uh, it was a good field. Um, it's the same field that uh, the Rapids played on in. Um, early 1950s. They played in uh, 55. But before we, we jump there, um, uh, were you, because I think at that point in time, um, the junior clubs weren't formally formed and they were uh, linked to the senior club. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. The uh, 
any support we got was from the senior players. You know, they uh, they didn't give us much support, but uh, I can't re- recall ever having a manager. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think we had to find our own way there, and uh, we generally caught the bus. Yeah, I can't ever recall having a manager. I know uh, a lady by the name of Mrs. Thomas, yep. she came later, and she took control and then they they were really well looked after then but before she came and I can remember Mrs. Thomas but um, her name was Dulcie Thomas yeah Dulcie yeah Yeah. well she came maybe a year later or a couple of years later I can't recall I I would have been gone by then but uh, because I think um, mid to late 50s is when the uh, the junior junior clubs started formally um, getting together, and uh, and then there was that s- sort of separation, I guess, between the the senior yeah. and junior bodies. Yeah, as I say, uh, we we more or less looked after ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> For yourself, you played on Saturday mornings. Did you? Was it Saturday Arvos or or because at that point in time there was two senior competitions, the local. Um, IDSA competition, and then you had the state league um, teams playing as well. Um, did you yep. go and watch both? I watched Bulleye because I only had to walk more or less just across the road. When they played uh, on Slacky Flat, I'd watch them. Yep. And um, and I'd walk up to Winoona when they played every second weekend, probably. You know, players like I can remember a lot of the players, Braceful was. Yep. Bullard, Alan Bullard was in goals, and uh, Ron Suddick, I think. Um, yep. Barry Salisbury a bit later. Um, Billy Williams, Mickey Duff. Yeah, wow. They, they were good players. Did you um, have a couple of favourites yourself, or were you just uh, in awe of uh, all the team members? No, I, I used to, um, you know... Soccer in those days is a lot different than soccer now. Um, It was more direct and um, I used to think the best players were, uh, I don't know whether you you probably know in your research, uh, it was about 1951 or two maybe that the English... Yeah, 51, 51. 51, was it? Yeah, Yeah. they, they... the touring team came to a Wollongong at the showground. I think there was over 11,000. Yeah, Wollongong showground. And um, one of the... And I'm not sure whether it was a local team or a New South Wales team that played them, uh, but Mickey Duff, he was a local Winona boy. Yeah. Um, he, he was a halfback and he played... Um, he played in the team that played the Englishman. I, I can remember they all had uh, real long shorts on. You know, they were down near, just about down near their knees. <laughs> and um, that was, but they impressed me. Uh, and Mickey Duff played played for that the team that opposed them. Uh, he was uh, he was a ball player. You know, a lot of a lot of the good. Um, local players were hard 
tacklers and um, pretty direct, you know, kick it up the wing or uh, there wasn't a lot of one-two movements, but uh, Mickey Duff was, he could dribble the ball and he was he had good ball skills. He, that, he impressed me. And another one, uh, Billy Williams, he, he, he played for New South Wales and Australia. Yeah, no, a superstar of his time. Yeah, and he he was a good ball player. He wasn't big. He wasn't a real physical player, but he was good on the ball. He could he could dummy, and you know there weren't there weren't that many players that could dummy <laughs> the ball, but he could dummy, and uh, um, he probably watched. Uh, well, you you didn't you couldn't see soccer on TV in those days, so. Yeah, it must have been a, a huge thing for for yourself and the area because I think, uh, and it was a South Coast team that the English team played and, and they won 7-0. Oh, right. yeah. oh, they, well, you got to remember, they were all professionals too. Yeah. And our blokes played during the day and I know some of them even worked in the mine on a Saturday and an extra shift and uh, then they'd go and play Soccer in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, uh, and I think I had posted a, a picture um, that I'd had obtained previously from Keith Learmonth uh, of the, that English team when they were down in Wollongong, and, and over eleven thousand at the Wollongong showground. So for you, was yeah. as I guess a ten-year-old, a um, it must have been a, a huge thing to go and watch the game and and to see all these people uh, congregating. Uh, it was, yeah. I can. I think when um, Blackpool came in 1958, I think. Yeah, uh, it was 58. They had about 10,000 there then too. <laughs> um, see Stanley Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, I think uh, Harry Murdoch got the got the job on him uh, that day, and and even when. Yeah. He, when they played Australia, Harry played against him, so it must have been yeah. uh, uh, one of those moments where you, you you're seeing some of the best players in the world um, come to your come to your local ground, and uh, it must have been the must must go and see game to to get to that year. Well, the um, the the commentary on Harry Murdoch. Um was that he 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 did as good a job on Stanley Matthews as any English uh, you know professional footballer. Oh wow! He, he did as well as anyone did. Well, that's a big compliment, isn't it? Well, it was, yeah. Harry was, and um, and then I I played against him a bit later when he was still with Belgowney. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was a nice fella too. He. Uh, I I knew him. Um, oh, we often met uh, a lot later, you know. Yeah. Talk about, but uh, yeah, he was he was a good, good solid. If he if if he had the job of marking you, uh, you didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, uh, he he must have been like you said a a very uh, serviceable player to to then right. represent. South Coast uh, in his day, yeah. and New South Wales, and and then uh, Australia, and I think he even went on a tour to New Zealand. So, um, you know. yeah, he was good. He was a very clean player too. Yeah, he was a gentleman. 
So back to you. You're, you're watching um, uh, the Bull Ice team at Slacky Flat who are playing in the local competition and then also going to watch Winuna Bulli at Balls Paddock in the State League. For you, that 1955, you had a couple of years or two or three years in the Bulli junior team um, and then in 55 you were saying um, when we were talking previously that you were applied to join Winuna Junior Soccer Club um, who, who were aligned with the state league team because your school f- friends were playing there alongside a, another a being coached by Sonny Love. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I never made it because <laughs> <laughs> the um, in those days you had to apply to the Bulleye or to the senior club to to get a transfer. Ah, the ge- geographical boundaries. Yeah, and. Um, and they knocked me back. So, <laughs> but they took me in when I was no longer able to be under fourteen. They 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 put me in the reserve grade um, team, and um, I played a. I can't remember exactly how many would have probably. Well, it wouldn't have been even a, a full year because. Uh, they promoted me to first grade in when I was only 15. So the slight difference there is that you couldn't then play with uh, your friends um, at Winuna Junior, the Winuna Junior team. So you went back to the local club, Bulleye, and you you started into the seniors in reserve grade. Yeah. So what 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 did you, what did you think of that, Peter? That you you then back at Slacky Flat playing in the local comp with men and and you're at the age of 15 yeah well i seem to handle it all right i yeah they were all a lot older you know there there wasn't a lot of skill in it either um yep so they anyway they promoted me to uh to the first grade and uh that was a bit daunting uh i think the first game i played was uh against fern hill uh on you mightn't remember there was a ground called Pop Errington Park. Yeah, I think uh, other people, Peter, that have listened to a few of these are probably uh, sick and tired of hearing it. But I was—I uh, grew up uh, a street away from Pop Errington, and I'm a ah. Reed, I'm a Reedtown boy, so um, you know, yeah. I know I know it very well, and it's a very small ground. Is it still there? Yeah, it's still there as a park, but it's... Oh, uh, right, yeah. I think they planted trees maybe 17, 18 years ago and uh, and took the field away and, and demolished the, the change rooms. Yeah, well, it was... It used to have a bit of a slope on it, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, it did from uh, north and, to south. Uh, it wasn't... It was as hard as nails. <laughs> <laughs> um, you wouldn't want to fall over too much because you'd... Skin your knee, I remember that. <laughs> but that was um, that was my first game, and uh, we used to EPT was in the competition then. Yep. I can't remember a lot of the other. There was North Wollongong, and I think Wollongong might have been in it. Do you recall some of your Bulleye reserve and first grade team members that you played with, or and and did they have a coach as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, mainly the. Mainly the uh, first grade was yep. uh, majority of them were minors. 
there was Jock Hamilton, yep. Billy Spicer, Mickey Richardson, uh, Meekles. There was a couple of Meekle brothers and um, a fellow by the name of Bot. Okay. He was, he played, uh, but they were the main ones. And so where did you, uh, did you go into defence? Yeah, I was, yeah, halfback. I, I was right half. That's where I first, uh, that was my first position there, right half. I had a frightening experience. Uh, I'm not sure how many games into when I was, into the first grade, but uh, I think a memory, I've been trying to think where the ground was. We played EPT at, um, I think it's the present Cringilla ground. Okay. And uh, in those days, you know, that hill that's all around the Cringilla ground? Yep. That that was covered in huge uh, ingots, iron ingots. Okay. They must have dumped them there during the war or before uh, but they're, they're all cleaned up now of course but uh, there was um, that's my memory of that and uh, they only had tin sheds to uh, change in and um, I know we the attitude of a lot of the older players was uh, you know get into these blokes <laughs> they don't like being uh Wrapped up a bit, and right. that that was sort of the attitude. <laughs> and um, you know, we had to get rescued by the police. <laughs> right, uh, that was a bit frightening. Yeah, well, like I said, the 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 couple of years that you had there, you you're fifteen, sixteen, so um, you know, you you're really just, I guess, a, a boy turning into a man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I can't I seem to handle it I'm you know I've never overawed by them um and I can't remember ever getting hurt badly so uh I must have handled it and and your parents didn't really care too much that you were you're playing against men no well my father died when I was about 10 so uh mum uh Mum didn't, I can't remember now what her attitude was, but she let me do it, so <laughs> <laughs> she must have been uh, happy with it. And in those those first couple of years of senior soccer, playing with Bulleye, um, were Bulleye still in the blue and white quarters as a senior team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were. And uh, as I say, they, they did have an alternate strip, which was green and gold. I think we won the reserve grade the year I started with them, yep. uh, and we got a, a blazer. And it was blue and white. Wow! But but other other I saw other blokes there that had a green and gold blazer. So they must have. I'm not sure why they alternated. Um, I can't recall of any other teams in the Illawarra that had a blue and white, so yeah, I'm strange. not sure why they had that the two colours. <laughs> and and in terms of uh, the manager of of the Bulleye senior team when you played first and reserve grade? There weren't too many there weren't too many managers, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> they more or less um 
senior players, they more or less looked after themselves. There must there must have been someone who organised, uh, uh, you know, washing the shirts and all that sort of stuff. Um, um, I can't really recall too many managers. Uh, I can't even recall the coaches. I don't think yeah, I don't think they had a coach to be honest. <laughs> but they could have. Uh, I just can't remember that. Yeah, I know uh, at Slacky Flat, um, you didn't have hot showers. It was all cold showers. <laughs> <laughs> After games in particular at Slacky Flat when you played at home, did you go to a, a pub or registered club after the game? No. No? No. Well, I wasn't old you enough. You weren't old enough, but I didn't know if they sort of uh, ta- you tagged along or... I know, I know. Um, I just went home. <laughs> they um, they probably did go to the pub, but I I couldn't go to the pub. I was only fifteen, so <laughs> and um, there weren't many licensed clubs around then either. Bulleye Bowling Club could have been there. I'm not sure. Yeah, they, yeah. The Bulleye Bowling Club would have been there, so they might have gone there, but I couldn't. Like you you mentioned earlier. In in '55, uh, Rapid Vienna came to Australia. Uh, there was two games that you went and watched when they played. One against New South Wales at the Sydney Sports Ground. Yeah. And then one against the uh, South Coast team. Uh, you went to those games and watched them. Uh, what do you recall of those those two games? Oh, they were the soccer was completely different, uh, and they had a. There was a fellow called Hanapi. Yep. He was a star and he was fabulous. He he could do anything. But just very impressed. Well, it impressed everybody, I think. Is that more because, like you said, um, uh, the football that you were seeing um, in your juniors and then you were playing in your seniors and then the stuff that you were watching was very direct and, and the continental style was... Uh, bit more of uh, sort of passing and and a bit more tactical? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, and they were quicker. Yep. You know, like, well, you know yourself, uh, if you make the ball do the work, uh, you can get a lot, you know, you keep possession and uh, you run the other team ragged. <laughs> and that's that's what happened. Um, they they just made the ball do the work. Uh, that's a big difference. And what about um, a gentleman that we've spoken of, uh, a couple of gentlemen actually, and, and one that you would later have uh, uh, direct contact with, and we'll talk about that later as well. But uh, Keith Learmonth, firstly, uh, what was he like as a player? Can you describe it? Describe him to me or, or, or the listener that, you know, hadn't seen him play? Well, he was... Um uh, my recollection, I used to go and watch uh, Coromel too because yeah. they were a good team at the time and uh, they had a lot of good players. Um, Keith was, um, he was rangy, very busy player. He'd run hard. Yep. Um, he could shoot. Uh, I can't remember how good he was in the air, but uh, my just my memories of him, he... He'd run hard at the ball and he'd run to the wings. I think he played centre forward, but yep. uh, he'd, he'd often run to the wings 
and um, and he was dangerous. You wouldn't want to give him an inch in front of goals, or he'd he'd bang one in. <laughs> he would. I'd I'd say he would have been hard to mark because he was all over the place. But um, you know, when these teams like the Rapids, other oh, touring teams, yeah, touring some. We had a few club teams come out, you know. Yeah, Blackpool, Hearts and the like. Yeah. Um, I went and watched Everton and Manchester United. Uh, Hearts of Midlothians, I think they came to Wanuna or... Yeah. No, they came, they came down to Wollongong, yeah. Yeah, Wollongong. Um, then one team came to Balls Paddock. It was an English... might have been a Scottish team. Um, but anyway... You could always tell the difference. Yeah. You know, like our our players seem to be just a little bit behind the eight ball all the time. And when you did watch Keith and, and other Illawarra players saying that state team when they did play Rapids, uh, was that sort of, you know, there was obviously a group of people that went up to watch the game from the Illawarra. Was, was that sort of uh, a proud moment, I guess, from someone from the region representing the state and, and the Illawarra? Yeah, well, when when I grew up, we always had plenty of players uh, from the Illawarra. You know, Bobby Bignall and Bobby Young, they were just about always in us. And uh, Billy Williams and um, Charlie Stewart, mainly from Winoona, uh, Barry Salisbury later. But in those days, it was uh, Bobby Young and Bobby Bingle were just about in every representative team. Billy Williams. Uh, I watched, uh, they had a, um, in 1956, when the Olympic Games team was chosen, Bobby Bingle, uh, they played... The, Olymp- the Australian Olympic team, this was before the Olympic Games, Right. they played New South Wales on uh, on the sports ground. I went and watched that game. Uh, B- Billy Williams was in the New South Wales team. Yep. He was one of the... Uh, I have, I've since read that uh, it was the Olympic team was very political. You know, they had... Yeah. They didn't have the best players in there. They had... A few there had to be some players from each state, so yeah, Keith Keith mentioned that in when I interviewed him as well that he said that yeah. there were some better club teams being um and, and better players uh in that New South Wales State League as well that should have been included. Well that day at the at the sports ground I can recall um Billy Williams uh was the best player on the paddock, uh, but he didn't get in it. <laughs> <laughs> And you talk about uh, going to to see the Coromel Rangers, um, you know, that 54-55 team, um, they pretty much won every trophy on offer and and were probably, for me, and I've said it before um, on this podcast, probably the best club team to ever play in this region um, based on the trophies they won and uh, the football at the time that they played. What were some of the players, you know, Young and, and Drain? Um, and Bignall can, and Wheatley and that. Can you talk a bit about some of those players and what you thought of them? Yeah, well, Scout Willoughby. There was um, a 
fullback called Callum, I think his name was. Um, but, yeah, I watched them. They were good. Later on when, um, you know, all these continental players started to come out and um, and the federation was formed in 59, uh, I think. Yep. Uh, they were still the best. Uh, a lot of these continental players were stars in Sydney, you know, but, yep. but when they come to play Coromel, uh, they weren't all that good. And what do you think made the... Was it just a, a combination, or was it the way they played, or, or, or what? Natural ability. Yep. Natural ability, and they were direct and didn't muck around. Um, you know, I can... I, I don't know what year it was, but uh, it would have been 59 or Prague was one of the better teams. But uh, they played Coromel United on uh, Memorial Park at Coromel. I went to, uh, there was over 5,000 people there and Coromel won. <laughs> Even though they were good here, they weren't, they wouldn't have been stars in their own country, you know. They, they, they were sort of. They wouldn't have been um, like Baumgartner, and there was quite a few came from Austria and Czech players, uh, and they were they were good, and they were they played the continental style, but uh, uh, they couldn't beat uh, Bignall and Young and Peters. They just run them down and uh, didn't get. They didn't give them. They, one of the things in soccer, you don't give the other play, player time to settle on the ball, you know? Yeah. And, and they didn't give them time to settle. They were on to them. <laughs> uh, and uh, players like Teddy Drain and Dookie Burns, they'd have a shot at goals. Yep. You know, they, did, they didn't have to walk it in. <laughs> they'd, they'd shoot. <laughs> so it was really, a, I guess, a, a clash of styles when some of these uh, continental players and teams um, came onto onto the state scene then? Yeah, it definitely was. But they weren't good enough to, to for that style to dominate, you know. Yep. Uh, our blokes were man on man, they were better. Yep. But later on, of course, um, players, everybody started to play that uh that style. Yeah, that style. And um, when I went to uh, South Coast United, and not so much Baumgartner, he wasn't, uh, he was a bit of a prima donna and he didn't like being tackled or marked closely. Right. Uh, you know, he'd get, he'd get upset and <laughs> then he'd look, he wouldn't concentrate, but let, let let left alone. He he could do wonders, but uh, he didn't really fit in. Uh, that's why he didn't last long at South Coast United. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about that. But but back to you in 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 '58, you joined Winuna Bulleye. Yeah. In in the New South Wales Soccer Football Association competition. So uh, how did it come about? Did you go for trials, or was did someone approach you? Do you recall? The structure of Wanuna was because they were in the state league. Yep. You know, it was, I suppose, everyone aspired to 
to get in that team if you could. Yeah. And um, and I knew, well, I, I knew most of the people there. Um, and you got looked after well. Um, they had a good structure uh, in Wanuna. Uh, so I, I can't remember exactly. I suppose I was like anyone else. I, I just wanted to see if I could get into a better team. And and what do you recall of that year? Because uh, early on in the year, you, you were playing in the reserves and then come into sort of mid-July, you, as a 17-year-old, you, you're making your debut uh, against Penrith on a Wollongong showground in the State Cup. Yeah. One day, and then the the following day, you're, you're playing a, a state league proper game in first grade against DP2, who were super strong at the time. Uh, what do you remember of, of debuting in uh, first grade, if you can? Well, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I just enjoyed playing the soccer. Um, and and you're in the in at half back, were you, or right half? Yeah, yeah, I was in right half. I'm just looking at it. I'm looking at your post now, and I'm right half. Yeah. yeah. Um, I later on I became, I went to fullback, but uh, and and I'm just looking at those players. There was a couple of people from outside our area. Yeah. Mitch Adamson, he he came from Sydney, and uh, Kenny Hamilton was. Uh, I think he was a school teacher. Right. He. Uh, he came from another area too, to uh, you know try their luck. Most of the others were uh, locals. Well, uh, you know, there's some big names in there, and 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 two that stick out, and we'll we'll go with um, uh, Brian Tabor first. Uh, he, he was uh, not just famous in terms of uh, football. Um, tell the listener a bit about him if if someone's not a a, a cricket fan. Well, he was. Um he went to Wollongong High School um, when I was in high school at Coromel, yep. and he was a good cricketer then. And uh, I can recall a friend of mine, Ian Lewis, who was he was a good cricketer too. Yep. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't know whether any local per- people would remember Ian Lewis. He was a uh, representative cricketer from Coromel, and uh, he was a friend of mine at high school. He also played for Coromel on the left wing. Oh, okay. He was a soccer player too. But uh, I can remember in at school saying that bloke will play for Australia one day. And he, I don't know, Ian now has passed away, unfortunately, but uh, he, he, uh, he, his prophecy came true. <laughs> Probably speaks of the time, doesn't it, that you played your, your winter and summer sports and, and some there was some all-round sportsmen at the time. You know, I, there's even the story of Bignall playing. Um, he was a good cricketer as well, but played uh, rugby league for Coromel as well. Yeah, yeah, he played soccer one day and rugby league the next. <laughs> and uh, he was a good rugby league player too. <laughs> <laughs> and the other person that I'd mentioned in that team, although... You know, if you're looking at it, we can talk about others. But what about Charlie Stewart? His record of the late 40s and then 50s, it was second to none, his representative career. Uh, can you tell the listener about what made him so good and, and what he did on the field? Yeah, well, well, he was one of the players that I used to go and watch as a, as a young young fella. Yep. I can remember 
Well, I, I lived in Bulleye, and I'd, I'd walk home from Ball's Paddock. wasn't wasn't that far. But Charlie had a certain way he walked, and I, I can remember as a, I don't know, 12, 13-year-old, I'd try and walk like him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can still remember that, walking down walking down to Bulleye, and I'd, I'd be trying to walk like Charlie Stewart. <laughs> He uh, he played on the wing mainly. He yep. was a, uh, I think that's where he did all his representing on the wing. And and when, you got to remember that um, when he uh, when I went to Winona, he was sort of in the back end of his career. He was at the back end of his career, but was it still a sort of thrill to you that he was in the team and you were playing alongside someone that you'd a few years ago, were watching in representative games and, and sort of club games? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I played behind him. <laughs> uh, I was feeding him the ball. <laughs> or trying to, anyway. Um, yeah, it was. A couple of years later, when uh, Winuna, when the split-up came and Winuna went back to the, the district, he was the coach. Wow. He, he'd finished playing... He wasn't playing, but he was the coach. And we won the district competition that year. Yeah, well, we'll definitely talk about that, Peter. And from my perspective, I only met Charlie a couple of times, and, and he was, uh, and that was in the late 90s, and he was extremely helpful to me, and, and was a gentleman. So um, is that how he conducted himself on, on the football field as well? Yeah, he was always a gentleman. Yep. Yeah, he was always a gentleman, um, very clean player. Yep. He, he just played it. He didn't no dirt. Yep. Never did his never did his lolly. You know. Was he a very quick player with a, a very good shot? Then he was. Yeah, yeah. He he used to. I think he struck the ball as clean as a whistle. Right. And. And that was, he was known for his uh, hard drives. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd say, you know, I sort of can't, uh, um, he, I think he was pretty quick too On um, in the early days. He was pretty quick. But he, he struck the ball as clean as a whistle. You played uh, some of that year in, in the first team with Winuna Bulleye and and then at the end of the the 58 season, obviously we have a real change in, in New South Wales football at the time in terms of uh, the federation and, and, and the different ructions that came about and changing of people's allegiances. How did you see it personally and, and what were your thoughts on it? I sort of didn't. I just stuck with Winona and yep. um, I could... It, it was a case of... The old guard wouldn't give up, you know, the um, the migrant players that came out here and the migrant communities, they wanted their own team. Yep. As it turned out, it was a bad thing because you had um, nationality teams instead of... We, we went from district-like teams belonging to an area... And then all of a sudden you had all these nationalistic teams, and I don't, I, looking back on it, I don't think it was such a good idea. But the old guard wouldn't give an inch either, so mm. so they they just went like the dodo. 
for yourself, though, I guess you just made it into State League. Was there a chance, even though you stuck with Winuna, did you think about potentially going to Coromel United or, or over to Balgownie and, and, and playing in the Federation? Well, not not to Balgownie, but Coromel United, they did come to my house when I think it was uh, John McGoldrick. Right. Uh, he was a one of the officials, they, they came to uh, try and sign me up. Mm. I, I didn't sign up anyway. Uh, I don't know. I, my mother, I'm, I'm not sure whether my mother was in on it or not, but um, anyway, I, I sort of stuck with Winuna. Yeah. I I was happy. So, you know, I knew the people there. and um, Actually, the I think... The the coach in that at that time was a bloke called um, Dennis Harrington. Yeah, no, he he had some time with Coromel as well. Yeah, and he was before he came to Winuna, he was with Coromel with that good. Uh, yeah, the gun uh, team. Yeah, the gun team. So um, they they did come and try and sign me up, but I can't remember now. I, I was pretty young and. Uh, I thought I'd stay with the people I know. So, and for yourself, uh, it must have been, uh, I guess, a change. But uh, the team, like you said, was coached by Harrington, and and had the likes of Arnold and Ward and and Wales and Anger. You still went on and had a successful season in '59 in the IDSA uh, competition. Yeah, yeah, we, um, yeah, we we sort of uh, we didn't have any many problems. That was a good. We had a good good year. Yep. I'm not exactly sure what year the soccer club, like the the, the committee, previous committee of Winuna, they 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 had a lot of foresight and and they built that soccer club over the road, you know, yeah. uh, licensed club, uh, which wasn't easy. Uh, in those days, you had to have. Uh, you well, you can imagine the work that went into it to establish that, to get the license and and then get the money to build it. Uh, I don't know how they did all that. That was all happening when I was only teenager. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a license club to go to, although at the time I you you couldn't belong to a club till you were twenty one at that oh, okay. time. Uh, but we used to sneak in there. Uh, <laughs> so we, it was one of only two licensed clubs in the whole of the state uh, as uh, soccer, I mean, for soccer. Yeah, no, an amazing asset. Eventually, that was what Coromel wanted. Yeah. That that year in 59, um, you were successful, and then I'm pretty sure, did you win the league and the grand final that year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, both years. Yep. Both years, 59 and 60. There was one picture you sent in where um, it's got a little bit of the the showground um, building behind it and yeah. and you uh, beat Coromel Rangers in the grand final at the Wollongong Showground in 59. Uh, what do you remember about that? Yeah, well, I can remember... I, I, I remember the game, actually. Um, I remember playing it anyway. It was a good game. Um, we were the better team. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of uh, that Coromel team, they had to more or less uh, 
you know, all those gun players from the good teams, they'd, they'd left them. So if people uh, are just listening because they either know you or or are listening for the first time and, and might not have listened to some of the other podcasts, uh, in 59 there was Coromel United in the Federation and there was, there was a split in that club and then the Coromel Rangers went back to the local competition like Winuna. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Coromel Rangers, when you played them in that year in 59, still had some state league players just like Winuna did. Uh, yeah, in 59, uh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, most of their good players had gone to the Federation. Yeah. They, for the first time, they would have got a bit of money. <laughs> in 60, um, stayed again in, with Winuna in the local competition. Yeah. And am I correct in saying that um, because in 58 when you were with uh, the state league team Winuna Bulleye, um, was the reason why they went back to Winuna by themselves is because Bulleye had a team um, in the local competition, therefore it wouldn't be Winuna Bulleye, it would just be Winuna? Yeah, well, uh, they, the, the, the association folded mm. and um, well, I don't know the negotiation, but I'd say... Um, probably the district welcomed them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially as they had that uh, licensed club now, because I think district the district used to have their meetings there, and okay. you know it was a real soccer centre. Yeah, it was a real asset to the community or to the soccer community. Yeah, to the whole soccer community. Yeah, they had a, sort of a home base. In 1960, uh, Winuna were again very strong. And in that grand final that year, uh, you played at Balls Paddock versus Helensburg. Uh, do you recall much about that game? Because Helensburg are a strong football area as well. Yeah, they were hard. They had a, had a, had a good following. Uh, they were, as far as district games went, that was a, a real good attendance uh, yeah. in those days. Um, yeah, the ground was fairly packed, not not. Not as packed as uh, as later on when South Coast United played, but a district on the district standards, it was a really good crowd and uh, hard fought game. Um, they played it hard. Uh, Helensburg um, they had a lot of good players, but uh, on the day we were too good for them. <laughs> I think we we're too good for them anyway, but. On the day, we were far too good for them. That end of the... And you mentioned it briefly before, but at the end of... And, and you were only a player, so I guess you didn't know too much of the going-ons behind the scene. But um, at the end of that 60 season, Winuna ended up merging with Coromel United, um, who, yeah. who had a committee predominantly um, of Reg and Travis Birch. And Bragg. Yeah, so... Were you just uh, sort of in the middle of that, and and then that played out, and then that's why you you ended up going to to South Coast United when they formed at the end of '60 to play in the '61 season. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't. I didn't know much about the negotiations going on at yeah. the time. We were told about it, and um, well, I, actually, there weren't all that many locals went to South Coast United. I don't know whether they didn't want them or whether they tried out and uh, were knocked back. I'm not sure now, but uh, there was uh, there weren't all that many 
locals. They had Baumgartner as a, as a coach. He was in in those days. He was probably thought of as a bit of a, a coup to yeah. get him. There, you know, because at the at the time he was running the Unandera hostels. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was thought of as a bit of a coup, but he he didn't last long. I I, I can't can't remember exactly, but it it only seemed like he lasted months. Yeah, no, it wasn't too long at all. Before getting on to, because you were predominantly in the reserves team in yeah. in the sixty one through to sixty five when you played at South Coast United for the Winuna Club, it was not not killed them, but it really put them to their knees, didn't it? It did. I um. Because they lost their ground in terms of Balls Paddock, the licensed club. They lost their ground, and uh, yeah, they well, they lost. That's where the juniors played as well. Um, So they more or less were thrown to the wolves. I don't, I don't know what what the negotiations were. I uh, I didn't have anything to do with that, but. they were more or less forced down to uh, Ocean Park, which was um, just coming. It was just after it had been a, a dump, a tip. You know, that was where the council tip was. And uh, it was pretty rough and ready. And uh, you can imagine uh, what the ground would be like. So they had a lot of rebuilding and... There was a lot of stalwarts, Winuna stalwarts that went down there. They, I don't know what their feelings were. They probably didn't have too many good words for <laughs> the Winuna committee that sold them down the drain. You know, early on, Coromel and, and Balgani were the enemies. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the Winuna men got in bed with the enemies, more or less. In the space of, uh, I guess, a couple of years, you know, you go from having Winuna Bulleye as a state league team and Winuna then going back into the local competition and then Winuna then um, merging um, with yeah. United and, you know, it, it changes things for, for a long period of time. Well, Winuna, you know, been going up, they had their 100 year, well, it's a while back now, I, mm. I went to it. They had a hundred years, so they've been going uh, for a long time. Balgani, I think it was the oldest, and and Coromel, and Coromel, and maybe Winona. I I looked up, and Balgani's older than Liverpool Soccer Club in England. So that gives you an idea how long soccer's been on the coast. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It would have been exciting to be part of South Coast United because in '61, am I right in saying that? At a point in time, Jim Kelly then came across, and and there was a large yep. excitement in the community. And 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 how were you feeling, knowing that this man that had played first division in soccer with Blackpool was coming to to I guess the competition, but your team? Yeah, well, I it was um, it certainly brought a a lot of awareness to the. To soccer on the in the south coast more so than Baumgartner, yeah. um, because uh, Jim he was a real personality. He was a he wasn't just a soccer player. He was a you know he was a leader. 
he had charisma and, and he, has chari- he had charisma and um, he had gravitas. You know, if he anywhere he was, people sat up and took notice. Um, yeah. He brought a different soccer to the South Coast too. I mean, uh, professionalism. Yep. I can remember one night uh, you turned up to the games well dressed and he always turned up in a suit and tie yeah. and so did all the other most of the other English players uh, that, that that came in uh, well when he came uh, all of a sudden there was a lot of English soccer players there <laughs> <laughs> and there weren't many locals but I can remember one one training night and I, I was in uh, Bly Surf Club and Somebody wanted to see me for something, and he just walked in. We were training you know, under the lights there at Balls Paddock, and yep. this bloke, this bloke just walked in to see me. And Jim Kelly was he was actually I was him and I were kicking the ball to each other. <laughs> he wanted me to do that, and uh, he went very. Uh, very quickly went up to this fellow and he said, "Excuse me, but this is a train. We, you know, you can't be here." And he sent him packing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a sort of professionalism, you know, that when you were training, you were training, and that was it. Yeah, uh, and he brought um, he brought a different style. Not not too many, you know. Everyone knows about one two now yep. in in soccer. But up until he came, not many people even knew what it meant. Right. Uh, it meant that you'd, you'd pass the ball to your teammate and then you'd run into position to get it back again if he wanted, you know. You'd give him an option. That didn't happen too often before. Running off the ball was, was very important and um, he, he brought that... Well, that was... That was my view, anyway. I, you know, he brought that to South Coast soccer and probably Australian soccer. Or, yeah. or it wasn't only him; there was plenty of others that, that came, and that's that was a beginning of a better style of soccer. He had a great impact, and one of the pictures you did send through a, a couple of weeks ago, and that I published, and a lot of people enjoyed, and and you talked about the first team being predominantly um, a mix of players from, I guess, locally and then signed players from from overseas. But in this um, uh, reserves team picture that you sent through, which looked like probably 61 or 62, you, you know, yeah. you, had, you had Winnig, you had Eggbars, you had Tizic, um, uh, Dookie Burns, Phil Carr, um, McWatters, Dennis Patterson, Peter Beattie, Maxie Tolson. So in the reserves team, um, uh, you had some some stars or, or people that were going to go on to have uh, big careers. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was... Uh, there weren't many other locals besides them. There was Max Trizic. He, he came from uh, uh, Sydney. Uh, he, was, he did make first grade for a few games, but he wasn't a permanent... Right. He didn't right. quite make the grade... The first, that other fellow, uh, Garvey, uh, he was just uh, one of the English imports that okay. came, came and went. You know, they 
they'd come for a while and they didn't make it, they, they'd go. Was it still enjoyable, though, for yourself, even though not playing first-team football, to, to be playing with the likes of Dennis Patterson, Maxie Tolson, um, um, with Winnig? Because you'd played, with, uh, of course, with him uh, at Winuna as well. Yeah, yeah well, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was my... Um, I thought I was pretty privileged because uh, there weren't many locals that... that some tried... Mm. Uh, you know, but they never, they never made it, and uh, I thought I was pretty. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a star, but I, I, I enjoyed my soccer, and and I couldn't have thought of a better place to be playing soccer than there underneath. Uh, you know, we all trained together, and I, I knew them all. We, a couple of them used to try and butter me up and say, oh, you know, if you were with any other club, you'd be in first grade. (laughs) (laughs) They'd say that to make me feel better, (laughs) probably. You know, five years, I, uh, Barry Salisbury and um, Maxie, well, they came as, uh, they were a couple of years younger than me. They they were in, uh, they all came together, Phil Carr, Max Tolson, Peter Beatty. There were others, but they they sort of lasted. They didn't last all that long. They mm. uh, they couldn't get a game, or they uh, they wanted to go and play first grade somewhere in uh, in the district. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they were they were the main young ones. Dennis, uh, I remember uh, he's he's past now. Dennis Patterson. Yeah. He uh, passed away, but uh, quite often in, in those games, you'd, you'd come in at half time and um, he'd be on the table. I can't remember it in Sydney, but I remember in Winona, uh, the, the, the club doctor was a gynecologist. Right. Uh, uh, Dr. James. He was, uh, and he'd have Dennis on the table. He used to have sort of a heart murmur or a heart. And he'd, he'd often see him with his hand on his jugular vein trying to slow his heart down. Or, but he'd go back out on uh, at the second half. But yep. <laughs> Could you believe, um, the firstly, the success that came in those initial years and, and the crowds that came with it? Could you believe that, that this was happening? And, and, and you would obviously, after you played your, your game, you'd go out and and watch the the first team play? Yeah, it just proves that the we had the, the the soccer fraternity, they just wanted something good to watch, you know, good yeah. good team to watch and they they really got behind South Coast United and it was it was a it was a revelation or a novelty to to Wollongong or Illawarra soccer that uh a home team, a home ground would regularly uh, track more than five thousand people, yep. uh, and um, and one of the, I think the record was against Apia one day. We had they over ten thousand. Wow! And ten thousand people in Balls Paddock, you really knew it. <laughs> <laughs> there was cars. 
parked miles away. Uh, all the streets around Winona and down Farrell Road and down towards Boy, there was you just couldn't. There's cars everywhere. Not not that I uh, I saw them because I was in I was playing, but um, uh, that's what people told me way back up in Grace Street, Winona, and yeah. they're everywhere. And and for people now, probably they can't. They either think it was uh, exaggeration or they can't believe it because soccer hasn't ever been so popular. And and today the population would be greater. So if you had a team now, <laughs> you'd, you'd you could assume that you'd get more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If it was a good team. And that was exciting soccer too, you know. Like it, it, it wasn't dull soccer. It was good to watch, uh, good to be part of. I, I, I probably didn't think at the time, but uh, looking back on it, it was, uh, I was pretty fortunate to be there. Really, for I was one of the longest-serving uh, players, really, uh, until I left. Yeah. Uh, I left to get married. In terms of the success of the first team, uh, although, like you said, you're, you're in the, the reserves team, what about the 63 grand final? And, and talk a bit about, I think, in 65, uh, the team won the league. So uh, it was a successful team as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think in soccer history there's ever been a, a grand final like the one up at the sports ground where... Um, they closed the they closed the gates. They 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 exceeded their capacity. So there was more than the sort of early thirty thousands that were sort of reported. Oh yeah, they, um, no, they had to close the gates. They couldn't let any more in. It was. I remember outside. I didn't go. I went by. I drove myself, and we drove, but. Um, did you have to be at the game in an official capacity from the club, or you just went up as a as a supporter? No, no, I I wasn't a reserve. No, I wasn't a reserve. Um, I think there was a couple of reserves, not many. Yep. Um, so you drove up with a couple. I of I drove guys. up. I can't remember the exact number, but there'd be something like fifty buses from Wollongong went. Wow. It could have even been more than fifty, but. 50 seems to stick in my mind uh, outside. I saw a lot of them. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was just an unbelievable day. And um, Apia, they'd book some big venue for their celebrations. Because they went in as uh, red-hot favourites, didn't they? Oh, yeah. I think I think Baumgartner was playing for them. Yep. He might have even been the captain coach uh, I'm not sure now but they um, yeah they got uh, I think it was 4-0 wasn't it yeah they Baumgartner played and they had um, Jaros and Iglesias um, Jimmy Wong uh, Gia Cometti um, so they had a they had a star-studded lineup, and 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 Marsden as well and the South Coast team obviously were was Billington uh, Salisbury Ringland Kelly um, both Harris's, Tolson, Johnson, Brownlee, 
Barnett and Patterson. So, um, you know, a, a 4 0 scoreline and and um, what a first half. They had, um, well, they, they, from the very, well, man for man, they were as good. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, that John Brownlee, um, he scored a, a screamer of a goal. He, whether it was a fluke or not, I don't know, but he, I, n- I never ever saw him score any other goals <laughs> like that, but he scored a, a screech, a, sc- a scorcher of a goal, and uh, they were just outplayed. And you were, I guess, part of the club, um, and you knew the team could win, um, but could you believe what you were seeing in this first half? Yeah, well, I could because I didn't think that those Giacometti and uh, that they were all that great, yep. to be honest. I had played against some of them, and, and there wasn't all that much difference. Uh, you know, they weren't... They weren't such great players, and um, when you look at it, um, we, our players, player for player, were I thought was better team, but uh, um, and they they didn't give an inch either. We we had players that you you, you have to take the ball to the you know you got to take a game to the other team. You can't let them if you let them settle down and. Um, and do their stuff. Sometimes they were good ball players, but only if there wasn't someone up their backside. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I do. And do you think Jim Kelly as well, although everyone in the team played very well that day, do you think it was his sort of uh, demeanour and, and energy that he brought and professionalism that you spoke about? Oh, no doubt. And, um, you know, all the players wanted to play well for him too. Yeah, and they knew what was expected of them. There's no doubt about it. He was a good leader, very, very correct, and um, never swore. You know, thirty thousand to him would be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he used to play in. Uh, I think he he never played for England, but he he, he played for an English boot team. Right. That was one of my highlights um, when I. Went to play um, with Winona. We played Leichhardt and, um, or Leichhardt Annandale, they call themselves. Yeah. And Joe Marston was the captain of, he played at Lambert Park, yeah. uh, Joe Marston. And um, my uncle went to England in uh, oh, 56 or, or 57, something like that. And he stayed with his uh, a relative of ours over in uh, in England, and he was with Burnley Club. Right. And and this relative said that uh, if Joe Marston had been an, uh, an Englishman and not an Australian, he would have been in the English centre half. Wow. He was so he was so good. And you played against him uh, up at and Lambert Park. Played against him. Yeah, in Lambert Park, and uh, I can remember the day um, I scored three goals. <laughs> we, we beat uh, we beat Leichhardt five three. Wow! And he was um, he was playing. He, he was a legend. In fact, he was uh, 
uh, you know, they talk about Viduka and um, some of our later Socceroo players that played in England. Well, he, he played there. He was a trailblazer. Yeah. He, he went there in the 50s and uh, made it. So just like, uh, you know, playing alongside Charlie Stewart, a, a childhood hero, was it also um, sort of a, a pinch-me moment when you, you played against someone like Joe Marston in, in, a, in a state league match? Well, it was. Uh, you know, you probably... I mean, when you're playing, you, your mind's on the yeah. on the game, but looking back on it, it was a, to know that he was such a, a great Australian player. Just talking about Joe Marston, um, Barry Salisbury gave me a DVD some years back now. It's a, it's a DVD of a film that uh, Leichhardt Annandale made of the Joe Marston and when he was only a youngster playing with Leichhardt and and they were playing Coromel Rangers that day. So the video was starts off at the training and and then the the, the bus trip down to Coromel and then wow. a bit of the game and I've I've got it here if you ever want to look at it. A lot of people uh would be uh, supremely interested in that and, and me too and Yeah, it's a fabulous I don't know where the ba- I don't know where Barry got it from, but he he gave me a copy. Barry uh, again, a, another a great man uh, of the Illawarra and, and a and a gentleman as well, and he's been extremely helpful, um, like you've been um, in uh, digging up old pictures and and talking about memories. Joe Marston was he a big man? Um. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have called him big. He's he was average. He was strong. Yep. Um, yeah, he was probably five ten or eleven, something like that. Right. Maybe six foot. Uh, but he he was a great soccer player, and he was he he wasn't he wasn't a physical player. He was just good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, well, he could be physical if he had to, I suppose, but. He, he was just so good. Uh, when I played against him, he, you know, that would have been the back end of his career. But I'm, I'm surprised that he was in that uh, Apia team in '63. I, I didn't know that. Back to '63. Um, in terms of the crowd, Apia would have had a, a pretty good following, and and there would have been general people and people watching the game, and Illawarra people were. Was there just a, a large part of the crowd that was stunned when, when these goals were rolling in in the first half? You're asking me, uh, <laughs> it's over 50. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 60 years ago, Trevor. I, I apologise. It, it was a great crowd and um, um, there was enough Illawarra people there to, to make themselves heard, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I can't really recall what I was sitting with Wollongong people, so I can't really say, but uh, <laughs> they'd be drowning in their sorrows, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> From all reports, it was a big celebration back in Wollongong um, when they returned. Oh, yeah, uh, at the soccer club. Yep. Yeah, that place was chock block Yeah, they, um, it was a fairly big hall at the soccer club, and, but it was, uh, yeah, the celebrations went on. 
It was a big night. And you were, I guess, had VIP access because you were part of the club. Yeah, I was one of the one of the players. Yeah, definitely. Not not the team player, but no. uh, um, we all we were all there. Yeah, it was a big uh, uh, it was a big deal, um, and big deal for Wollongong. Yeah, for sure. And I got to say, you know. The the biggest crowd in Balls Paddock was uh, that I can remember anyway was a ten thousand or ten thousand plus. Yep. And and um, a lot of the well, there was a big Italian contingent, no doubt, following Apia. But a lot of the local ethnic groups they they followed South Coast United as well. It sort of uh, brought the Illawarra football community together. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they just were really seeing good soccer, hard-fought good soccer, and I I don't think the local Italians would always be backing uh, Barrican for Apia. They probably like to see because they had a lot of Italian players in there. But yep. I, I think a lot of them would be Barrican for South Coast United. <laughs> <laughs> soccer followers just want to see good soccer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and they don't want all these arguments and you know bad bad behaviour. They just want to see good soccer, and which they did. You had five seasons there, predominantly in the reserve team. But I, I think you were saying to me you did get a, a first grade game in a friendly one year. Um, uh, that yeah. must have been a proud moment, though. Oh well, it was just uh, friendly against Belgiani. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Even though you're not playing there, you're training with them all. You're, you're playing them in uh, games that you know, and training and things like that. So I didn't. Well, I I obviously enjoyed it and was pleased that I was playing, but uh, it was only a friendly. Is there other games that you recall in 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 your reserve grade time there at the club? Yeah, well, I, I enjoyed it all and. Um, I played just about with all those players at one time or another. Yep. Um, I remember we played a game, I can't remember who, at ES Marks Field. And, uh, well, they made, I was a captain of the reserve grade team after about a, a year or two. Yep. Um, and I, um, and our team had Bobby Bignall, uh, Phil Peters. Um, I think Dookie Burns was in it. Uh, here, here, here's uh, here I am um, with uh, Australia's only Olympic captain, and he's and I'm the captain. <laughs> <laughs> but Bobby, he was, but he tried out for a little while, and he, he was, I think he was about forty or. He was close to forty anyway. Uh, he was. Um, um, he played for a little while, but I don't think he played too many seasons. Uh, he, you know, he gave it away when, when he uh, he did play in one or two first grade games yep. uh, early on. When, uh, but once all the English imports came, uh, they more or less was an English team. Um, I, I got great enjoyment out of playing with those people, I, and 
and the, like the people you met there, because I was there for so long, the ones that stayed, like Jimmy Harris and Jimmy Kelly and uh, Adrian Ringlands, uh, yeah. uh, Barry. Oh, I knew Barry before that, but uh, I mean they're lifelong friends. You know, you can go up to them any old time. When I went over to me and my family went over to uh, England in 1986 and uh, I went to Blackpool and um, I rang Jimmy up and he came and got us, my wife and son, um, and we went and had a cup of tea or afternoon tea at his house. Oh, wow. In Blackpool and his neighbour, I'm pretty sure... He he lived next door to a, a English soccer legend. Uh, I think he said it was Tommy Lawton, right? Which was he was an older man at the time, and uh, Jim, um, his company. He had a. We went past his office. He had a building there with uh, Jim Kelly Financial Services, a big sign up on the the wall, and uh, he said. Um, my company's got a, a private box at Old, Old Trafford. If you want to, you're welcome, welcome to use it. If you want to. Oh wow! Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> I had to knock it back. I said, "No, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't got enough time. Uh, we're on our way around." And uh, still very generous of him to uh, a meet up with you and and b offer you those sort of things as well. Yeah, well, you know, we we were. I was there for five years when he was there, so we we sort of knew each other pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> um, not socially, but uh, you spend a fair bit of time with people when you're... You're training with them and, and being on the ground? Yeah, two, two nights a week at least, and sometimes three, and uh, so it's a fair bit of time. And you'd start in January and go through till... About October, I suppose. Yeah, it's a big uh, chunk of time, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big chunk of time. And is that one of the the reasons, uh, like you said, uh, in 66, you, you took a break due to, you know, uh, you were studying, um, getting married. Is that is that the reason why you then stopped playing? Yeah, yeah, I went away from the area for a year. Um, and um, when I came back in 67, I... Well, I had a business in Coromore, so I went to Coromore Rangers and um, in the, in the local league, yeah. Yeah, in the local local league, and um, I um, well, I was only there. The uh, Squeaker McKinnon. I don't know whether you heard his name. Have you? Yeah, I've heard I heard of the name. Billy McKinnon. He was from Balgan. He he was their captain coach. And um, I only just got there, and uh, I could only train, I think it was once a week. Uh, it was around about that time that Thursday night shopping came in. and um, That was your business, was a retail business, was it? Peter? Yeah, and, um, but anyway, um, he was, before the competition started, he... Uh, he left. He, I think he went back to Belgani or something. Anyway, they. So I became the captain coach 
for that year. Right. And then I think the next year I went and, because I couldn't train, I just played reserve grade for a couple of years uh, and then gave it away. I couldn't do, I couldn't train and I was getting older. (laughs) (laughs) And how was it, I guess, initially uh, pulling on the red and white of Coromel when you'd been a Bulleye senior player and then Winuna Bulleye? Was it a bit difficult at first? No, not really. Uh, you know, I was I had the business there, and um, um, we sponsored. I went on the committee yep. uh, because Teddy Drain was still there. I think not playing, but uh, he was a committee man, and yep. and Coromel was sort of you know their fortunes had got pretty low. Uh, okay, uh, and they were trying to turn it around. Build it up and turn it around, yeah. And um, so I went on the committee and we got a few older ex-Coromel people to come back and I think they, you know, they're still going. So uh, I was there for a couple of years. Then I gave it away. I, I didn't have the time. Yeah. Uh, but we, um, uh, we did pretty well. Uh, I think I got the... They had a Mercury had a competition, you know, the player of the year, and I was leading it for most of the year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't win. I can't remember whether we... I don't think we got into a semi-final. Uh, but we, we, we did not too bad. I had a, a, a young cousin of mine came there because I was there, yep. uh, Wayne Ronald. Yeah, a good and, striker uh, in his time. Yeah, well, I, um, he was about 17 or 18 at the time, I think. And uh, I gave him his first game in first grade as centre forward. Uh, he didn't do too bad. Uh, I mean, he went on and did a lot better. In terms of Wayne Ronald, he played with Balambi and, and Fig Tree. Did he ever make State League? No, no, he, did, he didn't play State League. I think he went to Fig Tree or... Yeah, definitely played at Blamby and Fig Tree, didn't he? He went to Blamby then for the finished... Uh, no, he didn't... He did play... Blamby one year got into the State League knockout. Right. And I think that's my, maybe where you... They won a few games. I went and saw them play Eugle. Um, yeah, they, I think they got beaten, and it was a they big match. Beaten, of, that was, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, they got knocked out then. Uh, there was a big difference between Blamby and Eugle, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but they did well up until then. Yeah, they knocked out a few state teams, Newcastle teams, I think. They yeah, that no, was a great team. run. Yeah. And for yourself, there was no problems when you hung up the boots. You, you had... I guess business and family commitments that you had to focus on. Yeah, I was. Well, we had the news agency in Coromel, and and we um, we opened when Coromel Court opened. We opened, uh, you know, in there as well. So I was pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, I I I didn't really watch much soccer, and again until my sons started to play when they were a bit older. Where did they play their junior football, and did you uh, coach, or were you just a supporter? No, no, I no, I didn't coach. I uh, 
I would I wouldn't have minded, but I didn't have the time. It was yep. six and seven days a week, and yeah. I I just didn't have any time to do anything. But um, it's a funny thing. It's like a bit of a drug when you play soccer. All you want to do is get on the field. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah, you know why, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, it doesn't matter what grade you're playing for, you just want to get on there. And I missed it before, and I, and I apologise, in terms of your debut as a 17-year-old in State League. There was a an article, and I, I sent it through to you, about there was a, a Jewish connection, and Hakoa had come down to watch you in your debut to potentially sign you up. Can you talk a bit about that? Well... No, they didn't sign me up anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, that was the only... Uh, uh, I, I saw that too. They did tell me. They they did tell me that about it, but uh, well, I mustn't have been good enough or <laughs> I don't know what happened. I didn't hear any more about that. I, they, did, they did let me know they were coming. They, yep. Uh, I didn't... I didn't have any more contact with them. They, nobody rang me, or so nothing came of that. So there was some Jewish heritage in the family then. Yeah, yeah, my great grandfather. Yep. And boy, anyway, it wouldn't have mattered. I wouldn't have been going anyway. <laughs> I mean, that you know, any any some people did from uh, joined other clubs in Sydney, but you know the 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 travel. The, the travel would be horrific. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, uh, especially when we had a, a local team when you didn't have to travel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we had we had a few people that coming from Sydney to tra- uh, the train, and that was pretty uh, uh, onerous task. Uh, so when you look back, uh, Peter, and and I really thank you very much for for giving up. Uh, Sunday here and talking for a couple of hours about your your time in the game. Like you said, it was like a drug for you, and you love getting on the field. Um, is there certain bits that you you look back with more fondness than others that are still sticking in the memory? You met a lot of great people. Yeah. Um, make make a lot of lifelong friends. I mean, you know, if I met Maxie Tolson or tomorrow, it'd be just like you know, I haven't seen him for. 30, 40 years probably, uh, but it'd be just like uh, we only met yesterday, uh, like we're only talking yesterday. It's, uh, if you spend a lot of time with people, that's the sort of friendship you make. Uh, yeah. You can pick it up any old time. Jimmy Harris in Wollongong, I haven't seen him for a long while, but you know we were pretty friendly. He was a great character. He, he came away. I, I did tell you there about the Coromel Leagues Club team that won the Silver City Knockout. <laughs> yes, the Broken Hill Soccer Football Association Knockout Trophy or Cup, sometimes called the Zinc Cup. And I think we spoke about that. That could have been 63. And I think in the 50s, the Bowgiani team had won it. But um, there was a... South Coast sort of select team that went out to Broken Hill and it was a big competition, wasn't it, for its day? Yeah, well, you had, uh, in one of your posts, 
you had a photo of Winuna players on Broken Hill uh, yeah. railway station, and so I, di- I didn't know about the Belgani one, but I, I through your uh, posting, uh, you know, I saw the one about Winuna, and, uh, and that's what suddenly made me think, well, we we did it in, uh, I think you said 62. I do recall it was either, yeah, six, yeah I think you're right now. Uh, what do you recall of that? Because it was a big... It was a big cup that had a bit of money behind it as well. Well, I didn't know about the money, but uh, <laughs> we had Jimmy Kelly. Teddy Drain was the captain. Yep. Jimmy Harris. John Brownlee went. Squeaker McKinnon. Um, myself. Stuart Devlin. So some top-line players, really. There's a few others there that uh, I can't fill the gaps with. I can't remember... I don't think Wilf, Wilf Dillington went as a goalkeeper. I don't think he was there, but I, anyway, we uh, chartered a plane, an Ansett DC-3 uh, from Sydney. We chartered a plane. And, oh, really? Yeah, went out for the weekend, I think it was. Pretty wild time. I uh, don't <laughs> think anyone went to bed before 4 o'clock, and we had to play it. Uh, <laughs> So you burnt the candles from both ends then? Yeah, they, um, yeah I wasn't married then. Well, some of the others were. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't tell you any stories about yeah, that. Yeah, what happens on tour stays on tour, Peter. Yeah, um, showground in Broken Hill was packed. I think they the pre-publicity for it was um, the captain was an Australian player, Teddy Drain, and then they had... Uh, plenty of publicity about Jimmy Kelly, who played with the famous Stanley Matthews, and uh, Jimmy Harris played with Blacktown, uh, Blackpool. Well, they even had me as representing under uh, under sixteen state championships. <laughs> <laughs> they, they even put that in the, the Illawarra under sixteen. We won the state championships in nineteen. 19- whatever it was, 50. So they had a whole host of uh, trophies won and stats for each player. Yeah, yeah. They um, they wanted to know what you'd done and who you represented. And um, and the uh, team we played was uh, an ethnic team from Adelaide. Right. Um, they, I think they were Hungarians and they were the real professional. You know, they were all limbering up on the sideline and they had all the gear and they all, well, they looked pretty good. Some of us hadn't even been to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, we went on and beat them. <laughs> wow. um, we, we put up a good show, I think. And um, But no, that was a good experience and we won the trophy. I don't, I don't know whether it was a knockout before that or not, but it definitely was, it seemed to be a, a sort of cup or, or competition that was played for at least 10, 15 years. Yeah, well, we, we only played the one game. And that was, uh, we we played, we might have played the winner of the knockout, maybe. Right. Yeah, we, we ch- they chartered a plane. Um, That's huge. Just looking at some of the pitches here, it was, yeah, you're right, it was 62, it was... And the team was uh, Coromel Leagues Club Social Soccer, they were listed as. And 
because Balgani had won it in 53, and then, yeah, you guys had won it in 62. Well, they must have been invited. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how... I don't know anything about the organisation of it, but yeah. uh, I, I, they, just, they just asked me what I play, and I jumped at it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, this has uh, been magnificent, Peter, to, to go through all this stuff and and like you said it's it's well over several decades ago that we're talking about some of this stuff and i apologize for pressing you in some areas but you've been magnificent and fantastic and it's really been a a pleasure to uh have you on the podcast i I really like to thank you and and for all the past discussions we've had and and the photos you've sent in um i really appreciate it as does uh everyone else that sees the material you've given it's a pleasure travel so i just coming to the realisation that there wouldn't be all that many people left that that knew about some of the machinations of uh, the, the soccer changeover from Federation to yeah. Association. You're correct there, and you're getting um, little insights from yourself, people like yourself and Barry that I've talked to, and it records our uh, oral history and, and our, our rich history in the game, and, and, and you were a part of that. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I think uh, Illawarra soccer has got a rich history and it's sometimes overlooked that soccer was quite big, you know, in the small communities uh, in the uh, late 1800s and early 1900s. They had big big soccer communities. Uh, it's, it's great, I think, to be part of it. Yeah, yep. definitely. Definitely. Your um, efforts here to be recognised too, because uh, if nobody takes the trouble to do these sort of things, that that, that history's lost, isn't it? Well, that that is uh, one of the main reasons I do it. I, I do um, must admit I get a lot of enjoyment out of finding material, talking to people like yourself, and and people sharing um, photos and newspaper clippings that people like yourself submit so um i do get a bit out of it but um i i'm really flattered that someone like yourself will will uh thank me as well because um you just want people to reminisce on the site and and to to look back fondly and positively on on the times they've had in the game anyway it's a pleasure on my part uh travis i'm a, I'm a bit chuffed that anyone would even ring me to find out <laughs> i think people will thoroughly enjoy uh what you've said and um yeah i really thank you Okay. Thanks again for listening and downloading episode 62. I sincerely appreciate it. Sincere thanks to Peter for the time he spent recounting his journey in the game. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now. (laughs) 